0: Apologies for the quality of the recordings of the last couple of daf. Today's daf discusses whether Choymesh is momoin, does a son need to pay for his father's choymesh, what was the case. Can we discuss returning less than a pruta when it's an item itself, not cash. We discuss when he starts returning a pruta, but there's less than a pruta left. To return Does he need to return After he had already started Returning And that leads us into A few other discussions Of a Nozer Shaving one hair uh, For his final haircut Closing off half of a Hole that's blocking Tumor We discuss swearing On a stolen Chomet Pesach Do we consider Potential money as Money We discuss it And that leads us into The, the cases of when someone admits, but says "helach," that here you go, I'll pay you back right now. And when for, when when someone lies as an aid on potential money, we begin. We had been discussing. But the son definitely pays the karen which his father owed. Now, our Mishnah had said that the kid also pays the chumash of his father. The bryasa says that he doesn't. So Ibn tried answering that he only has to pay when he was moideh. If he was never moideh, he doesn't have to pay. Aye, then why does he pay the karen? So he said the bryasa continues saying that the son pays karen for his father's theft when he and his father swore falsely. But if only one of them swore falsely, the Pasuk says, oishek Avita Yesh Talmud. So what does Yesh Talmud mean? Revuno is learning with Rabbi Bere. And he says, Does Yesh Talmud mean that there's a Pasuk to tell me that he pays? Or are you telling me that it's just a Svara? Yes So he says, Well no it's a Pasuk. It's a reboy and a Pasuk. We're left with Ashdira between the Mishnah and the Brayis. So, why is the son paying Karen if he's not paying Chaimish? says when Ibn Nachman says that he doesn't pay when he's not Mideh, it means that the father wasn't Mideh. The father never admitted that he lied. The son did. Aye. Then why shouldn't the son be Mechayev a Chaimish as well, not just the Karen? But here is the bottom line where we differentiate. When the son has to pay the chemish, he doesn't have to pay the chaimish when the gazilla, the thing which he stole, it's no longer extant. It doesn't exist, it's not here anymore. I then he should be part from Karen as well. No, he's not put from the Karen just because the Karen has a Khrias. It had something else which, which covers in case the Karen isn't here. Dingamara, why does a Khrias make a difference? The whole loan was a milval pad. there's no Shtar here, and you can't collect. Even from Achryas, when it's only a milva Rashi takes out the next question and answer. If they had gone to court, then he would be hired for the chaymesh as well. So why is, he only chay- why is the son only chayev carrying not the chaymesh? We have two answers at the end of the day. Or if who narrated Yeshua says? Because we don't pay a chaymesh when someone denies she would kois. Rav answers, alternatively, that this was a case where the money wasn't by him. His father's money was, has it become done by somebody else? Karen, he has. He has to pay the Karen. The Choymesh, he's not going to have to pay for it, because Lemaise, he didn't swear falsely. He didn't know that the money was over there. So he was lying Besheigik, but he didn't know. So he's not going to be a Choymesh for this lie. Now, back in Amishnah, we had said that uh, Goslin has to return everything unless it's worth less than a Shavapruta. Papa says, he throws in a caveat, he says, you're right, less than a Shavapruta, he doesn't have to schlep all the way to wherever the guy is in Modai to return it unless the thing which he stole is worth less than a Shavapruta. If he still has that thing, not just the value of it, he's returning the item itself, that he does have to schlep. Why? Because it could be this item will go up in value and it will be worth more than a Shavapruta. Some learner pop up exactly the opposite, that it doesn't matter whether it's the item itself or money. We're not in, in, in this understanding, we're not worried that it's going to go up in value and be worth a shaver of puta. And this is Lamaise so Howard Paskin. asks the question, if someone steals three bundles of stuff, each one is worth one puta. So he stole three putas. But then these three bundles go down in value to only be worth two. If he returns two of the three bundles, He's still chayev to return the third, even though altogether they're only worth two. So this last item is worth less than a pruta, because at the time that he stole it, it was worth a pruta. We have a bryasa that backs him up. If someone steals chometh, and he holds on to it through Pesach, so now it's also behind the bryasa tells us that he's allowed to return this chometh and say, look, this is what I stole, this is what I'm giving back. It's a hezik shayinu nikar. But we can be made from this price so that the only way that he's allowed to give it back to him as is, is because he has the Chomets right here. Since when he stole it, it had value. Even though now it's not, he can return it. So too, when he steals these three bundles and it goes down in value to less than a Bruta, even though now it's not worth that, originally it was. So we look at the original value and he would have to return it. Here would be a Chumrah. Rava asks if someone steals two bundles, each uh, together worth a pruta. And he returns one of the bundles. So now he's left with the last bundle, less than a pruta's worth. Do we say, that look, I returned it, so I don't have the gazela by me anymore, I don't have to return it. Or, do I say that, I have some of my gazela left, even if it's worth less than a, a, a pruta, I still have to return it. Rava himself answered, that since you don't have any gazela left by you, you don't have to return it. The commercial says, one second. If you don't have any, any, any gazela, once you returned the first portion, what's the havamina that you'd have to return anything? But rather, what, what Rova is saying is that even though I don't have any gazela with me, I still don't have a mitzvah of ashova's gazela. Rava has another question. When it comes to Nozir doing his final haircut before... Uh, he completes his Naziris, and he could go back to drinking wine and uh, the dancing around in cemeteries. We learn on Nazirman, Beisim that if he has two hairs left over from his haircut, that entire haircut doesn't count, and his Naziris is still in effect. Every single hair has to be cut off, down to the last at least one. Two hairs and it's and it's null and void. So Rav asks, what happens if he has these two left? He cuts one and the last one falls out. So Rav HaMidifti tells Ravina, of course it's not good. Every haircut is one hair at a time. That would definitely count as a haircut. When he cuts off the first one, the second one, it came out by itself. But that's how haircuts work. They happen one at a time. So what's Rav asking? He says, no, he's asking in a case where the first one fell out and then he cut off the second one do we say look at the end of the day he has no hair left so the Giluach was was done or do we look at the action that he did because originally he left over two hairs and now he was only cutting off one and Rava answers over there that there's no hair left so there's no hair cutting left to be done it's good and we ask the same type of question Sounds like a havamina that we'd have to let the hair grow back and then cut it off. If there's no hair, then you have to do a haircut. No, he's saying that even though there's no hair left, there's no mitzvah to cut off any more hair. He was yoitza by having these hairs removed. And now he can go and drink wine. Bravo also says, this a third idea, if someone has a, an attic and there's a hole, in the ceiling. So the tomah from the bottom floor can get up to the top floor and he stuffs it up with a barrel. He puts a barrel over this hole. If there's a hole in the barrel, he can stuff it up so that the tomah can't get through. Rava asks, what happens if he only stuffs off half half of it? So if Yemar tells Ravashi, isn't that a Beferush Mishnah? It says that if you put a barrel over the hole, you save the attic from the tumour. If he plugs it up with some vines and he plasters the vines, that can also work. But just vines isn't enough. It's a that if he didn't plaster it, it wouldn't be good. Why not? Pirate's still half blocked off. So there we explain that if he didn't plaster it, those vines wouldn't last. The vines themselves would fall off. As opposed to where he actually plugs it up, that's going to stay there even halfway. Rava says if someone steals Chometz and he holds on to it till after Pesach, he could just return that Chometz afterwards, even though now it's also about Hanau. So Rava asks, what happens if the guy swears after Pesach? He's like, N- never stole anything from you. Do we say that he's swearing on something that has monetary value because if someone were to steal it from him, they would have to pay him back cash? Or do we say that, saw there's an Esar Hanau on this stuff, so right now it's not worth anything unless it gets stolen, What's that? Do we consider the potential money here to be mechaivim for his or not? Is he swearing on money or not? It's only potential money. Now this kasha, the Ravah had, was actually posted by Raba. Rabba explained, based on a case, if someone says, uh, A comes to B and says, B, you stole my ox. He says, nope, no, I didn't. So A says, B, oh yeah, so why is my ox in your backyard? So B says, oh, um, I was your shenimachinam. T- I was watching it for you. You hired, me to, you, you, you hired me, you asked me to watch a few for free. If that's what he swears, then B is going to have to pay for this Shavu Because the Misa, he is swearing to get off of money. Even though it's not worth money right now. But if he was a Shavu and there was Gneva and Aveda, he wouldn't have to pay. So his Shvuah has potential money. Same if he claims uh, that he's a Shemir Sachar, because a Shemir Sachar would be Potter from paying if it breaks or if it dies. If he's a Shoyal, he's also a little bit because it's also some potential value. Because if it dies, Machmas melacha Shoyal is Potter. The rabbi proves from here that you see that paying, uh, swearing on potential money is Mikhaev because it counts as money. So too, even this guy who stole Chometz, even though Lema saw it's essentially a pile of dirt. There's no monetary value. But since if someone were to steal it from him, they would have to pay him. There is an intrinsic value here. And he would have to pay for his Shwashov, for his uh, Shavuah Shaker. Now when Rova said over this Torah, Rav Amram asked Rova, hold on, we learned from the pasuk of a that when the guy denies owing the money, this excludes someone who is moideh be'Iker. He admits to the core essence of what he's denying. He doesn't have to pay because of his hoidah. What is that case? It's connected the case that, that Rabba brought just before? A tells B, you stole my ox. B says, no, I didn't. A says, then why do you have it? And B says, any of these claims. He says, you sold it to me. You give it to me as a gift. Your father gifted it to me. Your father sold it to me. It was chasing after my cow and landed up in my backyard. It just wandered over to me. I found it wandering in Rosh Hashanah. If he claims that he's the Shem Rechina, Shem Shem or Shail, exactly the case. In all these cases, the Bryce says that if he were to swear, and then he admits that he lied... I would think that you're chayev, like Rabbah said, but no. V'chichashbo says that if you're moite iker you saying, yeah, Taka, I, I, I do have your ox, but I have these excuses. You don't have to pay your pot or ma'am, straight out cash on Rabbah. Rabbi says he should be chayev after he admits to swearing falsely. Now Rav was asking this big cash on Rav. Rabbah said, tadura, which means you're like heartless person. At Hol Braisa, where he is potter for his that was where he was offering to give back the animal right here as it is, helach. Rabba was saying that he's going to be first for his when it's out in the swamp. It's not Heilach. Uh, he's not just handing it over with the claim. Now, what was the case that he's being moed v'ecker, he's actually admitting, and going along with the claim against him, where the Bryce says he'll be potter, so we go through the different claims. When he's claiming that you sold it to me. He's saying, yeah, you sold it to me, but I never got I never got to pay you for it. But you know what? You could just take your axe back. When he claims that your father gave it to me, he's saying that your father gave it to me on the condition that I did some nice thing for him. And the mice I never got around to getting to, to doing that thing for him. So well, essentially it is mine, but you just just take your axe back. I, I never fulfilled that half of the deal. When he says that I just found it wandering, why doesn't the, Mr. A say, well, you found my axe, I have to give it back to me? So Abu explains that he swears that I had no idea whose it was. I didn't know who to return it to. That's why I just let it hang around in my backyard. So at the end of the day, we come that. You do pay for swearing and admitting on uh, denying Potential money, but not if a not if you're giving it right back, and you're admitting right here and now. Now we have a brisa that says Ben says that there are three shavuos, three times that an aide swears falsely on potential money. He witnesses an aveda. He witnesses someone doing hashavas or not doing hashavas Avedo. Uh, Zashaila, whether this. These three swears are things which are machayvim or patahim. The three cases are when the guy claims, I recognize your item, I just didn't know who, was, who found it. Or I know who found it, I just didn't know it was yours. I know either what he was finding. Or the third case is not that I didn't recognize it or the person. I, I recognize both. Who it was, who it belonged to, and the item. As much like as what these three do to this aid, He's making this claim. I saw this go down. Rab Ami Omar of Chanina says that he's potter. He doesn't have to pay when he admits that he lies. He had lied about this testimony. Shmuel says it will be chayev to pay. The said they're arguing in a Tanoim where we find in Abra'isa that if someone makes an Eid Echod swear and he doesn't know Eidos and it's not true... Tanakama says he's potter because he wouldn't have been mechaev any money if he had said his testimony. Rebbe El- El- says he is chayev. They're arguing whether the potential money which he would have caused is considered money or not. If it's money, he'll be chayev for lying about it. If it's not, then he's potter for lying about it. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.